Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught. gentlemen welcome back to the mental mastery alliance it's been a minute actually it hasn't been a minute you know based on kind of how we've been doing things it's always been about a week or two between episodes and recently i got off on a tear because there was some crazy shit constantly happening so i felt i had to speak on it and i did and there was weeks and weeks and weeks that that went by and it was just episode after episode so to those of you who love me, hey, there you go. There's a nice gift. And to those of you who can't stand me but listen to me anyway, thank you very much for that too. Today is going to be a lot of fun. Today we have a guest on the show that I have wanted to talk to for a while. Uh, simply because, uh, you know, at first glance he's a douche. He's, he's all over the place. He's rubbing everybody's face and all kinds of stuff. Um, but I got to know him uh, through a friend and I got to know him. We chatted back and forth a few times. The guy's nothing but solid. He's just misunderstood, I guess some could say. But I'll tell you right now, I love the guy's energy. I love the fact that he's pushing what he's pushing because right now, and this is about COVID. This is definitely about COVID. This is definitely about the narrative more than the actual. It's actually not about COVID at all. It's about the narrative. So who we have on the show is a fellow by the name of Mac Parhar. And this guy could possibly be the first Canadian sent to jail. Can you believe that? sent to jail over COVID regulations. And it's insane. It's insane. This, yes, ladies and gentlemen, yes, this is the very same jail that they let prisoners out of because of COVID. Uh, they're going to try and lock people up uh, to make a point, to prove a point. This is very much a martyr situation. So it's kind of a fucked up story, 100%. And it's really cool that we have him with us right now to share this like from the inside for anyone that's out there going what the fuck is going on what am i going to do what are the results what are this what is that and this is just one story everybody's got their own story but this one's really cool and mac never backed down he never backed down from any of it almost to the point where he may have pushed a little bit too hard but he never backed down so without further ado mac welcome to the show man happy to have you hey thank you uh andy for having me and um, yeah it's been a while <laughs> and I have been jailed to, uh, for uh, four days already. I think there's a few people been to jail after me during the arrest. But, yeah, I'm looking at um, many more weeks of jail probably. So it's quite the precedent. And thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no, for sure. It's awesome. Um, you, so take us, take us through this scenario, the situation. You were minding your own business one day. Uh, you had a... a, a respected business out in uh, British Columbia. You had your, your store, you had your, 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 uh, your shop, hot out in, yoga studio, hot yoga studio, your shop, your dojo, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. The hot yoga studio was out in, in a strip plaza just every day, you know, Joe American, just living life. And then somebody 
somewhere rubbed a baseball mic and he got COVID or it was basketball. That was when everybody started paying attention, right? It was the basketball thing. <laughs> yeah. I, remember, I forgot about that. Yeah. So this guy just all of a sudden he's got, he's got COVID. No, first if, I remember who was it the first time it was people were talking about some bat bat gave it, you know, it was Batman's drug. A bat in China. Somebody bought a bat at a, some market and to make bats too. So he got the virus from the bat. Yeah. And then people were falling in uh, China. We saw videos in the fall, uh, the end of last year, the winter, and throughout, I don't know, maybe December, January. People were falling down in China. We got some videos out of that. And then the first cases hit North America, just three hours away from me, over the border outside of uh, Seattle, Washington. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and those videos, they were literally, those videos were doctored videos of Chinese people falling dead. And th- but that was released as reality. I believe. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't. It was. It was reality. I don't remember any. I don't remember seeing any of those, but I remember people talking about that. Like this COVID thing is real. This COVID thing is real. And then now the story is it came from Wuhan, China. It was an escaped virus, antiviral virus thing. And we've totally forgotten about the dead people falling over in the streets. Well, they weren't dead when they fell. Uh, they probably were dead when they fell over, according to the national story. But Mike, it it, it blows my mind that we went from that to the basketball guy uh, rubbing the microphones like a dickhead. Um, and then, and then everybody having COVID, right. And then everyone went nuts and everyone's COVID nuts and, and everybody's wearing masks. And we're all like, right now we're at the point where everybody's wearing masks and they're telling us to wear two masks. And, and the funniest thing in the world is everyone's like, don't worry, don't worry that my kid pissed in the pool. He's wearing a bathing suit. You know, that's the same thing as this fucking mask thing <laughs> based on their goddamn logic. So, so we jumped from the beginning to the end well, it's not the end. This is just the middle, right? Because obviously all this other political bullshit has to take place first. But in that interim middle, we have your story. So what What do you figure, or what was your first trigger, before we get into your past, what was your first trigger to have you publicly speak out against this narrative? And I don't mean, I don't mean publicly as in like, make a few posts on Facebook. Like you went fucking ham out the gate. Well, I mean, obviously I got my YouTube channel and, um, you know, I was talking about how COVID is just a bunch of BS. It's another Zika or Ebola and SARS. You know, I just thought it was another fair, uh, fear tactic to control Mm -hmm. the people. That's all I thought it was. I never, ever thought it would get to this point. I will tell you, like, back in 2019 or whenever it was, and I can't remember when the people, I saw some videos for a minute, maybe a day or two, I was like, oh, my God, like, what's going on? Like, because until you watch a video a couple of times, the first time a reaction is just to believe what's presented to us, right? Mm-hmm. But I am a auto hoaxer, but for this one, maybe a day or two, I was, I kind of was, I was, I wanted to auto hoax it, but I wanted to be sure. And then, you know, very quickly, like right away, I was like, you know, you watch the videos again, and it just doesn't make sense how people are falling. We've never, ever seen, I've never, ever seen that in real life, unless somebody just fainted, right? But a virus doing that. Um, so for me, I mean, I did, other than talking on my YouTube channel, I, it was not like I was flaunting it. I would talk to people just at my yoga studio that were afraid of the virus and that. I, and I, I told them, you know, one to one, you know, a, I think it's a bunch of BS. Come in and do yoga and fix your immune system. Like keep yourself healthy. Yeah. So they came after me. Oh, I guess I guess the first time I spoke was I I had to send out an email because 
since January, January, February, the new year, for anything that's fitness, that's our busy time, right? That's where you kind of catch up for the slow Christmas, people eating, that's where people have their resolutions, and you try to make a little bit more money to catch up or get ahead. Uh, and for us as a hot yoga studio in Canada, people don't like doing hot yoga in the summer either because they want to be outdoors because it's been cold all winter and raining here in Vancouver. So, so I, I had to send out an email because people were stopped coming in on their own and I was getting people that wanted to cancel their memberships or put them on hold and the class numbers just sizes just dwindled we had four classes a day and two on the weekends uh, we don't do well on the weekends at my location so I was like wow I'm sitting around here all day I got to work I'm sh- you know short staffed it's you know another long thing is finding good staff these days but okay I got to cut the classes down it's pointless having a room that can hold 70 people and 10 people showing up mm-hmm. but you want to give the people variety so I sent out an e- email saying hey guys uh, we got to cut down our classes a little bit we're just going to have one in the morning and one in the evening um, the heat doesn't do well in the uh, I mean the virus doesn't do well in heat this came from my uncle who's you know retired now but a cancer specialist lecturer um, you know he's lectured all across the world and he sent me a link about the heat uh, not I mean the heat killing viruses and it was from another doctor or scientist I can't remember exactly who this guy was he laid it out in a short five six minute video so I took that link and I put it in my email and I said, you know, to me this was like, okay, scientific. Logic, of course. Um, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just, sorry, I'm just trying to run a business here, right? And I got to, you know, um, and I'd also heard on mainstream media that viruses don't do well in the heat, or already I'd heard that. And you're talking so, about in June, you're, you're talking about back in January too, because I can attest that on the news over here in Ontario, they were saying things like, you know, this is, this is we should be okay, because like come June 15th, there's going to be, you know, it's going to be yeah. too hot for this virus. Like that was mainstream narrative. You're right. Yep. So, so I'm trying to tell people, but obviously people are tra- controlled by trauma-based mind control, fear-based mind control. So this was, um, what happened was I, the NBA shut down and I was like, what? And we know sports is rigged and all that. And I was like, what is this? Like this is, they're taking this to a crazy level. Then the NHL shut down. Then I got an email from Whistler. Then I got an email, Whistler Mountain. Then I got an email from Cypress Mountain. And then I started getting emails from, like, you know, um, other restaurant chains, like whatever that might be, Denny's or I can't remember, all these businesses that, you know, we've signed up for or loyalty points or whatever that we get marketing appearance um, uh, emails from. They all started saying they're going to shut down for two weeks until March 31st to help fight this virus. To flatten the curve. Was, we had a heyday with that one, right? Flatten the curve. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> Flatten the curve. And then, and then the yoga studios around me, other hot yoga studios, sent out the same emails. And, I, and on their websites, they're shutting down. I go, these people crazy? They don't believe in health and immunity? So I was like, well, I'm not shutting down because I'm not in a position to suspend membership. Sure, if somebody asks me, I have to do it. But if we're offering classes, I'm not obligated to um, b- by myself go and uh, suspend memberships. I got bills to pay here, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I sent out an email, so that was my maybe the wording of it. I mean, it did, didn't even matter if I called it worldwide nonsense because I said, come and do yoga. we got to cut down the classes, build your immune system. Here's a link. The virus doesn't do uh, well. Uh, viruses, bacteria, or I think I said viruses, don't do well in the heat. 
And the best way to fight viruses and bacteria, colds and flus, is to have a strong immune system. And so until this worldwide nonsense is over, we're going to have a 10 a.m. class and a 6 p.m. class. Sent it out at 7 p.m. Went into the class to do yoga, because at that time we had a 7.15 as well, right? We had a 5.15, 7.50. So I go in and do yoga. I come out, the phone rings, and I go to answer it, and somebody's already laying into me. Phone rings again. Somebody's laying into me. I, I open, turn the computer. I had Outlook open. Boom. There was like, I don't know how many, 15, 20 emails sitting there. You're a moron. How dare you put people at risk and all this kind of stuff. Viruses don't, I mean, the, the heat doesn't do anything against viruses. Why are people in hot countries getting viruses? And I, I was just like shocked. Um, yeah. So that was my first uh, dealing with this. And then I go home and the next day I come in and the phone's already ringing, there's voicemails. I have this service from my phone company. Actually, I was getting voicemails at home, and the emails, uh, actually, I'd cut off my main email for the thing just to give myself a break. I took it off my phone. So I didn't know how many emails had come in, but you know, the voicemails were coming to my email, so I had it set up. If there's an important email, it's like a voice to email, so a little MP3 comes in. So I go in the next day, I start the class, and phone's just ringing. I'm dealing with people. A nurse is calling me up. Are you sure you should be doing this? You know, we have to be safe. Everybody, you know, how, how dare you be open? We got to be, we got to socially distance. I had one guy just calling me names saying, I'm going to show up at your studio. I'm going to bring people, and I'm going to pick at your studio. I go, good, I'll see you tonight. Um, these people weren't being reasonable. And then the CBC called, and I just happened to answer the phone call. So I did a quick interview with them, and she obviously had an agenda because just the way she was pointing her questions. You played um, that. Uh, you played that clip in its entirety, uh, and that. Well, no, this is a CBC. That the, the next one is Global News. Oh, okay. So I don't think I ever played the CBC quick clip, but this is just already on the first day. Well, the first I day. Guess, wow. Yeah. So after that, um, I, the ten o'clock. Like you, you, you essentially, you essentially went viral through email. My email to my students. An yes. email to your students. You and then you went viral, and the CBC's calling you. <laughs> yeah, well, because there are a lot of people that were triggered by my email and started. Apparently, then I found out when Vila, uh, Delta Vila showed up at eleven o'clock, just as class ended. He's telling me they got a lot of complaints. I mean, the police never came, but they apparently people were calling the police, their uh, council members, the MLA. So people got triggered. There's a Facebook, no, local North Delta community Facebook group uh, that went crazy, like started attacking me. Um, and I did it, all this was, I, was unexpected. And I, did, I was having a hard time dealing with it. Like, obviously, I'm a yogi, so I stayed calm. Like, you know what I mean? But... Um, it's crazy when you think about it. it. The, the the alternative to that is to just be like, well, he's open, but I, I don't feel safe, so I'm not going. Right? That's exactly that's the alternative to what to, to the world going fucking nuts on you. That's crazy. Well, it is. Like, why can't these people just they think that somebody's gonna come there and transmit it to somebody else and ten people in the class, twenty people are gonna get in, they're all gonna go back home and give it to their family members and when their families go give it and then it's just gonna spread all over the place. It's craziness. It's like a movie, right? Exactly. They think they're living in a friggin' movie. Well, we have been bombarded um, uh, mentally by those movies, right? Contagion and the such. And uh, yeah. I am legend. Like for a long time they've been telling us that this is coming and this is gonna be the result and this is what the movies have been. 
They've been pre-programming us. Not us, but society. Us, we're exactly. good. Exactly. <laughs> Well, five years ago, I believe that as well, yeah, until yeah. I realized the, the latest Brazil one, the Zika, I think it was, was fake. I believed all these SARS and all that. I was, I was a little bit afraid and glad that they didn't show up in Canada. But, um, you know, I bought that until I actually looked into it and realized, wow, it's just a complete hoax. Um, so Bylaw came in and he goes, well, why aren't you closed? I go, well, I'm not closing. This is my business. And he goes, well, you're supposed to close. And I'm like, are you sure? The restaurant's open next door. The gym's open next door. And there's, look at those business across the street. And I go, why, why would I close? Like, no, I need to make a living. I got to pay bills. He goes, well, are you socially distancing? I go, well, that's not a law. And he goes, yes, it is. There's an emergency order. And that's when a uh, state of emergency. Still or not a law, said, though, yeah. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, I didn't know about that. Sorry, I don't watch the news. I don't care to watch the news. And this guy was a little bit meek. Um, so, you know, I recorded that conversation. I never, ever did play it. I should play it one day. But, um, and then I said, okay, then the students started coming out. They showered or whatever changed and they started leaving. And I go, ask these people. Like, we're, we are, look at my room. It holds 70. I have 10 people in there. Everybody's like, 15 feet apart and the students are coming out and they're saying oh yeah we were well spaced well more than six feet the room's so big he looked in the room and he goes well how do i know you're not going to put more than this amount of people i go look at my numbers here on my software this is all that's been coming in all of march people already aren't showing up so you know everything's computerized people got to come in to scan their card and he goes, well okay we got to make sure that that's what you're doing and i go well come back at six o'clock today we have another class and he goes, well, I'm off at five. I go, well, come back in the morning. Then he goes, I'll big, be back big pandemic, in the morning. Big pandemic, eh? Well, we got to make sure everyone's <laughs> safe. Oh, I'm done at five, though, so fuck, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I thought that was that. But then, of course, the phone's just ringing, the Facebook notifications. People are attacking my Facebook page. My Google reviews were at 4.8. And then they, like, you know, within a couple of days, they like, they already started dropping. Like, I watched them, like... I kept getting emails from Google. Oh, you got another review. You got another review. I mean, people can go. I, I think I think I'm still on Google because I never ever told them that I'm permanently closed. But I don't know. I might still be there. I don't know. Anyways, I had to go help somebody do some work, so I drove away. My buddy was just hanging out at the studio, and then he calls me an hour later as I'm about to drive half an as I half an hour across town. Um, ready to help somebody he goes well Delta bylaws here and they they have paperwork for you and I was like what and in my gut I knew I go fuck they're gonna shut me down I had that gut feeling so I go oh shit you know I, I called him up and say listen I'm, I can't help you I got to go back to the studio and I drive back to the studio that guy was there he was there with the lady uh, who was his supervisor and she hands me a letter uh, saying your business license is suspended um, I go, what, what do you mean? What, how can you do this? This guy was just here like two hours ago and he's going to come back tomorrow and check, check, uh, like, you know, how many people are here? Like, I, I can't close down. Like, how can they do this to me? And then she came in and go, look at my room. Look at how big it is. Like, this is all we're getting. She said the same thing. How do we know you're not going to have more people? I go, you could come and count. I don't care. I'll show you my computer software. I'll show you the numbers, right? And, like, you know, it's kind of like, wow, like, you just got slapped. Like, I'm fighting for my life. Like, and um, so I didn't like it. Uh, they left the letter, and I go, they said, well, this is by the order of the mayor and the council, city council. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, I don't know what to do. So I was just like, whatever. They go, well, if you have a plan 
you could submit it to the city, the, the council and the mayor, what your COVID plan is. And I go, well, what do you mean? What is the COVID plan? She goes, tell us like what you're doing, where your signs are, the tape, like and all this kind of stuff. What are you going to do? I go, and I go, oh shit, I got to go. So anyway, and this, they is, laughed this, is day, this is this still day one or day two of, of them announcing COVID? This is March 20th. I, I, I can't remember. It was either day one or two. I'd have to go back and look at which day was Wednesday night, March. I think I sent the email out on March, the Wednesday night. Might have been March 19th, so this is March 20th. But they already so the knew about, they already knew that they were going to start implementing COVID plans when nobody had a fucking clue. Exactly. And yeah, it's crazy to think about it, right? Like, how did they have this information already? <laughs> and um, how are they discussing it? And then I go and I go do some work. Uh, somebody was like moving some cleanup stuff, and I come back. And then, but thinking, oh, I got to put together a COVID plan. Well. All of a sudden, people are texting me a global article, a News 11:30 out here, big news radio station, Vancouver Sun, the big paper out here. They're sending me all these links. Started coming out that afternoon. Just say, and I and I and all these media outlets had left voicemails and tried tried to contact me, but I just didn't want to pick up the phone and get yelled at somebody. Yeah, oh, you deserve to die and blah 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 and all this stuff. Well, you know what's ridiculous so, about that? Just to sort of put a quick pause on that. I mean, we're sitting here the audience and I just listening to this story right now. And it blows my mind that there's so much hate in the world. And bro, I'm sorry that you had to feel that. I'm sorry that that had to be directed at you. A guy who's just trying to run his business. Uh, I am sorry. I'm sorry that, that the world did that to you uh, because that's, that's some fucked up shit. And that's a lot of bad negative juju energy that you had to absorb. And a weaker person yeah. may have, may have not handled it as well as you did. So, Kudos Thank to you. you, bro. Pat on your pat on your back for that for sure. Uh, and Thank and you. to everyone that fucking sent you hate mail, look at yourselves in the mirrors. That's all I can say. Like you guys are you guys are fucked. And I bet there are some people out there that have done it and have since sort of seen the light. I wouldn't be surprised if you get apology letters, just because people won't be able to live with themselves the way they spoke to you. Well, I think until it's. Uh you know, announced, which may never happen, that COVID was a hoax and it's it's found out. I, I, don't, I don't see that happening. Well, they can't announce it as a uh, hoax, but everybody's pretty much aware now that it's bullshit. Well, you, you know, I think you and I have a different definition of everyone. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know, and I, I say you and I and everyone listening right now, I mean, yes, you know, exactly. there's, we're, we're talking to an audience of people that are like, this is fucked up shit. They're like, this is, this is better than TV. Well, obviously none of us really watch TV anymore. So, you know, but, I also don't think that the rest of the world, I think the rest of the world is waking up. I'm seeing it, you know, systematically kind of in my life, piece by piece, people are being less aggressive towards me even. And, you know, that it's, it's nice to see sort of as people compartmentalize what they're doing. It's nice to see that shit sort of play out. So I, I think that, I think that, you know, just like everyone was talking about Trump was red pilling everyone. I think the, the, the actions that Biden is going to take now are going to be so absurd they're going to continue the red pill mission, which again, will have people start questioning COVID, which again, will have more people waking up, which again, will have you being on the good side of this eventually. I hope so. And just uh, on a side note, you know, going through this, one tough, tough, tough thing for the past year is we don't know when it's going to end. Like, you know, that's, that's the problem. There's no finish line. And I don't know if you ever gone through something really hard or, 
get a long hike even and then you're like when is it over or you know something like that that's that's mental torture and um for me at least it is but i'm i I, i've accepted the day-to-day now and just go back to being day-to-day moment by moment and when it ends it ends like you know yeah i've definitely i've definitely done i I mean obviously i know what you're talking about (laughs) and the covid thing is still is still in effect you know, for everybody. So we're all literally going, sitting here going, I wonder when it's going to end. But I mean, for the most part, I think we all realize that there is no real end. This is now just the way things are. Right. And we're going to have to adapt and change. And they're probably going to pull that bait and switch. That is um, just straight up freedoms. And then they give one or two back to you. Right. And you're like, Oh, thank God I have this. Thank God I have this, you know? And, you know, I will say this right now in the middle of this entire interview because you have been picked apart if anyone uses a sound clip from this interview for anything they have to use the entire interview you have now been warned to anyone soundbiting this interview Uh, you can't just take pieces of what you want you have to put the whole thing in in context you can't do us that dirty (laughs) my legal statement right there that's a great disclaimer yeah, 100%. Feel free to use it, but use the whole thing. Christ. Jesus Christ. And, I mean, you know what's funny, too, is cancel culture. Cancel culture, bro, you rolled into cancel culture, right? And the like, the world doesn't even understand what cancel culture is. Cancel culture is, I mean, it, it came at you from an email. That's the first I've heard of that, right? And And they came at you hard. But you had an interesting pushback as well. So, I mean, again, you are face-to-face with cancel culture um and that's you know that's that's interesting because it's it's real you know we've all seen we've all seen crazy people get up in arms about stuff but it was consistent for you for a long time i mean it's got to be good that 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 juju and that energy is gone now um the people you know i would assume you're not still getting hate mail are you uh, not, no, I haven't received anything, uh, which we'll get to the arrest, right? Uh, but, uh, no, I don't think I've received anything lately. You know, the odd time on my YouTube channel, you got the trolls and haters that'll make some comment that I have to remove because it's just pure hate. It's, it's not a discussion about anything, right? It's just pure hate. And it makes my, it blows my mind too that of all people, you're still on YouTube when we've lost so many. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, man. yeah, I had my two two strikes, and I I had to lay low the last uh, two and a half months to get rid of some strikes. One of them is gone, and at the, at the end of February, the other one will be gone. But who knows? They could take me down with one video, and oh, and I had to make all my pre- videos private as well. So like four years or whatever, three years of videos. I think there was like six hundred videos there that I had to make all private. And even when they were private, I was getting emails from uh, YouTube that. Oh, this video has been taken down for violating our policies, whatever medical information or hate speech. And the video is private. They were still going in and deleting videos, but they say then, but they would say you're not going to get a strike for this. But we're still going to delete your video. It's crazy. Huh. Yeah, I, I had a Facebook post pulled down from August 21st, so I screenshotted the whole thing and put that up instead. I think it's funny. Yeah, Facebook, I just got off another 30-day ban. <laughs> you know, I just had a 30-day ban, and, and I had a 
one day ban I think in the summer then I you know I, I was in jail I got a, I came out I got a three-day ban and right away like a day or two later I got a seven-day ban and then uh, like a couple of days later all within I think like seven days or ten days or whenever the ban would end right away then I got a 30-day ban so that finished in mid-December and then I've been good for a month and then they mid-January they gave me another ban for a month that's ridiculous for nothing but that's it. That's, you know, that's, that's our, that's our, that's our freedom of speech followed up. You know, that, that was cancel culture, then freedom of speech. So if you're against the narrative, you're in trouble. Now let's get back into the meat of meat and potatoes of your story here. Okay. Okay. So I came back and then emails or the news article started coming. Now the hate went boom. More people are hearing about it. Death threats. I hope your daughter gets it and you get it Jesus. and your family get, gets COVID and dies, all this kind of stuff. I basically had to pull down my uh, studios, yoga studios, uh, Facebook page. I was just like, wow. So I had to delete that page or make it private, whatever I did. And I don't think you can ever delete anything on Facebook. But no. um, so I had to do that. And there, and I just went into kind of like silent mode because the world was shut down at this point. It was shut down. And I think that day after I helped uh, do some work, I was driving by Surrey Memorial Hospital, coming back to my studio, and I just pipe, decided to, I was live streaming, and I tried to get into the hospital and find out, like, what's going on? Where's the emergency? Where's COVID? And you had these nurses standing outside with, with a tent already all up in hazmat, and as I walk up, they're, like, scared shitless of me, and all I'm doing is asking questions. So it was early, but I, tr I played the card. I, I'm feeling a little bit sick. I got a sore throat. I want to... Uh, I think I have COVID. And you know what they told me? They said, well, no, you can't come in unless you're really sick. Just go home and rest for two weeks, isolate, and take Advil. I go, no, but I don't want to die. I don't want to die from this virus. They're like, well, you can't come in here. They're not letting me into emergency. They're like, you, you can't come in the hospital. Go across the street, uh, the day clinic or whatever they had set up as part of the hospital. So I went across the street, and I talked to the lady there. She's She's not masked up or anything. People are in the waiting room, and I go, yeah, I have a sore throat and blah, 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 and uh, I think I have COVID. And she's like, oh, okay, here, here's some uh, Tylenol. Go home and rest and uh, just try to isolate for two weeks. Here's the deadliest pandemic that sh everybody's shutting down for. And the Surrey Memorial, uh, I think I, I, I went to one other. They had like three setups there. I went to another thing, and they all told me to go home, take Advil or Tylenol, and uh, just rest and isolate for uh, two weeks. And you, you were recording this. I think I saw this video. You were driving around recording this and talking to the people. The best yeah, you could. This is a, yeah. Yeah, I remember that video. So... Yeah, I did a couple of those videos. This is the first day, and then I come back and I deal with all that, and I don't know what to do. So I'm like, okay, so now they've taken away your complete. They've taken away your livelihood. They've shut you down. They've taken away your license, your business license, and then so you go to the hospital to see what it's all about. And you're like, I think I have COVID. They're like, ah, here's an here's an Advil. Go fuck off. Yeah. So for yeah. your your entire life is taken away from you, and and the people that are supposed to help the sick are telling you to beat it. Yeah. That. That would be a trigger for me. <laughs> I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's just insane. Like my life dream. Like it's a beautiful yoga studio. It was like 
At that time, in 2008, it was a half-million-dollar build-out. The, the place is five times bigger than my little condo. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I would spend all day and night there, put in the nicest lights. Um, my millwork, my reception desk was 25 grand. The lighting was top of the line, 25 grand. Like, just the bill just went up. It was all debt to me, right? Um, and that was, like, ready to slip away from me. Well, um, I just so there's nothing to do there's no hockey there's nothing I was it was spring break I I had bought like the cheapest early bird ski pass you could buy January the year before with a payment plan it was like a no-brainer not to buy this thing right and I'd slowly built up my ski equipment and I was going to go every day with my daughter while she's on spring break well the mountains shut down so I can't even use that that money went to waste because I'd been busy and I hadn't really went and whatever so you know so anything that I want to do, play hockey or whatever, is to just shut down. So I had nothing to do. I'm just bored, sitting at home. I went into the studio and did yoga once once a day. I would do a yoga class or every other day, I think. And a couple of my students that in, that really wanted to do yoga because they want to exercise reached out to me. And so we would do class with two people or three people kind of secretly. I'd be like, leave your mat at home. You know, look around, make sure nobody's looking, and the streets are dead. There's nobody there. Um, ghost town, and they, they would show up, and I'd let them use a rental mat, and i go, okay, let's do a yoga class because we want to exercise and stay healthy. Um, and then one Saturday, so then it was a week and a half later, the following Saturday, I'm sitting at home, bored out of my tree, beautiful sunny day. We can't go anywhere or do anything. I get a notification on my phone from the Vancouver Sun, Tiffany Crawford, the reporter, it's quoting Dr. Gerard DeRosa, or DeRosa with a Z. What a douchebag this guy is. The article says he's calling on Bonnie Henry and the, you know, the public health to lock down the province because the hospitals overflowed. Royal Columbian Hospital, which I'm looking out my window, is 100 meters away from me, if that. Mm-hmm. Saying that they have to choose between life and death. So lock it down, get a control on this virus. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing anything. I put on my shoes, walk outside, start live streaming, run into a nurse in the parking lot. And she's like, I'm talking to her. I go, oh, is like COVID bad in there? Like what's going on? She's like, no, no, it's really dead. It's empty. It's really empty in there. I go, well, where's all the COVID people? She's like, oh, I think they're in emergency. Because I go, you don't go to emergency? She goes, no, no, that's separate. I'm in whatever ward. And I'm like, and she goes, but the hospital's pretty dead. I go, well, there's an article that just came out from this Dr. Gerard DeRosa. Do you know him? She goes, I haven't heard of him. I go, he said people, they have to choose between life and death. And she's like, well, I don't know. I think that's an emergency. So I'm like, okay, thank you. So I walk in. I walk through the main floor of the uh, the hospital, which is usually really busy. uh, And their emergency is really busy as well. I've waited five hours there for my daughter who got hurt skiing or, you know, and, um, like a couple of years before or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I walk through the main floor. It's dead. There's nobody in there. Nobody. You're not seeing any staff, nothing. And it's it's not like a little area. I'm talking about the whole building of, of the main floor. I go to the other side to emergency, and I'm talking to a nurse outside. I'm like, oh, is there a lot of COVID people in there? And he's like, no, no, it's really slow. The parking lot's empty. A couple of cars, maybe two or three cars, when it's every car spot is full and people got to park on the street a couple of blocks away 
And and then I'm talking to him, and he goes, I go, where's the COVID people? I go, well, I think they're on the other side of the hospital. And same thing. I go, you don't go over there? He goes, no, no, I only work in emergency. So I leave. I think I come back home. Um, that was a Saturday. And then I go, okay, the hospital's empty. So I go again the next day. So I try to get into the hospital because more stuff's coming out about how COVID's so scary and, you know, you, we're, we're following the videos in New York and Italy, how bad it is and Vancouver's going to be really bad. So I, I get in my car. I mean, I walk over and I try to get into the hospital again. This time I said, I'm going to go up. I'm, I'm going to go up. Um, I'm going to go up to the other floors and take a look. Well, the doors are all locked. So you can only get in through emergency now. This is just a day later. I think my video might have had something to do with that. I don't know. <laughs> but um, I started hearing this is happening at other hospitals across North America as well, right? That, that they couldn't get into the hospital, that the side doors and all that are locked. So I go to emergen- uh, the main entrance by emergency. I walk in. I tell them they have a security guard there now, which they didn't have the day before. And he's like, you know, I make some small talk with him. I go, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I go, I need to visit my aunt. She's uh, she's up upstairs. I want to visit my aunt. He's like, okay, here, just wear a mask. So I didn't break any rules. You know, I'm not committing a crime. I'm not, um, you know, whatever. I made up a story, but that's not, that's not a crime. He, like, you know what I mean? Uh, he hands me a mask, and I walk in, and I get on the elevator, and I'm live streaming. And it was pretty nerve-wracking. People are like, they loved that video. It was this nerve-wracking of me, like, walking through the hospital, dead, dead, almost nobody there. You walk yeah. into this hospital any other time, bustling with nurses, empty bed. I'm pointing the camera into rooms, empty, empty. I walk through three or four um, floors. Now, I did come across one section that was a COVID section. I peeked in there, and um, uh, there was uh, almost nobody in there. I saw, like, two nurses in there. Now, I'm not going to walk in there because it says COVID and blah, 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 right? So I'm not going to break any rules. I would have liked to walk in there and seen this, but I didn't. Uh, some some areas, they had uh, security guards. We didn't say anything at that time. They were just sitting there, and I had a mask on, and it looks like I'm going to visit people. So I leave there, prove that this hospital is empty. This Gerard DeRosa is a fucking lying scumbag, and this Tiffany Crawford didn't fact-check her story. So I'm like, okay, well, it's, uh, I don't know what day it was, Sunday or something, and I jump in my car, and I go to the testing site, which is 15 minutes away, and I drive through the testing site, and, uh, and um Nobody there. No, I don't think I drove through the testing site that day. That might have been another one. But I did go to the testing site and t- spoke to the RCMP in, that were stationed there. And then I showed how there was absolutely nobody in this testing site, not a single car. Then I drove to four other hospitals in the Vancouver area where we couldn't get in. They stopped. Well, I went by myself, and then I had another somebody who was watching my live stream join me uh, for the last two hospitals. Um, Empty. They don't let us in. Um, it wasn't as easy to get in. They asked a few more questions, and uh, you know that we couldn't answer, or I couldn't answer in terms of walking in. Or there was an incident at the Burnaby Hospital where I talked to somebody that had been in the hospital, and their brother or somebody was dying uh, on their last few days, and I had a conversation with them. They go, they said the hospital is completely empty, not a single, almost. There's a couple of beds with people in it, though. It's like a morgue in there. So they told me that, and they go, they've been coming here every day to visit uh, their family member. 
So I tried to get in through emergency. This nurse is freaking the hell out, thinking I'm so dangerous. Why am I wearing a mask? Why am I taking care of people are dying? Like she totally got triggered. All I did was go in there and say, yeah, I have a sore throat. Um, I think I need a COVID test. Because I didn't know the nefariousness of this COVID test at that time. But she totally got triggered. So I left and went to whatever, four or five hospitals. And um, that video, and then the next day, I think I actually drove through the testing site again. So that got people triggered, and they sent it to the media and all that, and to the police. <laughs> yeah, that was the and, one I saw where uh, they turned you around. Okay. Uh, yeah, they. I went through, and she, oh, yeah, so I could have this deadly virus, bro, but they keep turning me away so I could go and die. So this, So I get there, and they said, oh, no, you have to go online and fill out your information, and then you're going to get a diagnostic, and you'll get a QR code on your phone or you, you, an email. you got to print that out and bring that here. And then we can do a COVID test for you. So that's pretty insane. Um, anyways, then Global News, I think it was Monday morning. Um, I, got a, I checked my Facebook because uh, I'm, not, I'm not looking at emails or checking my business uh, voicemails. I'm just not. I don't want to have that energy right and um so i did check my uh, one of the reporters that one that you're talking about that you've seen the interview from global news nitsu garcha left a message saying oh we're gonna run with this story about you and your yoga studio um and do you want to make some comments so i'm not afraid i go yeah i'll make some comments um i told her what time i would get into and be able to call her and then i went and i live streamed that interview so I had my live stream going while she's interviewing me and everybody could see the complete fraud from the story they actually ran and the narrative that she's trying to push. Well, when that, so now it's been a week and a half. So the emails I think had died down a little bit or the, uh, just the phone ringing in the background had died down. And, um, um, but as soon as that article hit, now people shared it across Canada and maybe even across the world, and oh my God, everything started again, uh, all the hate and death threats and you're an idiot and all this kind of stuff, and the Google reviews again started, you know, my rating went down again. <laughs> you know, I had a lot of reviews, so it's hard to get it down, but it went down to almost like 3.2 or 3.3 with all the one stars and, and bad reviews I got. Um, so that interview came out, and now there's so much hate. Um, I'd get the odd like support email or message, like, hey, man, you're doing a good job. I totally support you. Good job fighting for our rights. This is bullshit. One out of 20. So it was like 20 to 1 in the negative I'm facing. So I had to make a decision here. And now the media is talking about the, the politicians and the health whatever public health is talking about how this is going to go into June. We need to be locked up since June because they're not getting the numbers down. And I was like, okay, there's no way. When I decided to go along with like not opening for two weeks, I go, okay, if all these big NBA, NHL, and all these restaurants and everybody, shopper, whoever it is, is saying they're going to be uh, closed till March 31st, I can maybe swing that. As soon as they started saying June, August, into 2021, I go, I'm done. I got to get all my stuff out of my yoga studio and I got to get back my key because I can't have uh, sheriff or bailiff or whoever they're calling to come and change the lock because there's no way I'm getting my stuff out of there. There's like 20, at least maybe 20 grand of stuff in there. Cause like I said, most, we were storing a lot of stuff there, my camping equipment, my skis, my hockey equipment and washer, dryer, fridge, all this stuff. I didn't want to lose that. Right. So mm -hmm. 
I, 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 had, I, I took that stuff out and returned the key to the landlord, thinking I'll come back at the, you know, in the fall. Because the summer is not a good time to open anyways. So I was like, I'll come back in the fall and see if I can arrange something with the landlord. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, it was on my mind that I'm going to open my studio again, but I'm going to have to do some negotiation with the landlord because here I am skipping out of a lease. Now, the government, Trudeau's talking about helping businesses out, but nothing was actually announced. It's just lift service. We're going to be there for the businesses. But they didn't actually announce any aid or what they're doing till into May. So, you know, the, uh, I think it was April 10th or 7th, that I got all my, you know, after the, the first or second week, or into the second week, that I got all my stuff out, and, and uh, the, my studio was empty. So, you know, the odd email would come in, and, and that I'm not getting the voicemails, and I left the voicemails. I checked them later, and, and like several months later, I went through all the emails when I was feeling better, and all the hate that people were spewing out towards me. I actually did go through and listen to all of them that were sitting in my email box a few months later. But things <laughs> subsided. It died down, and I'm trying to get my life back. Other stuff happened. Um, uh, the, the, I, went, I tried to go skydiving, bro, which I hadn't went, and COVID made me gain 15 pounds, so I was afraid to go because, you know, it's the whole weight thing, and you're coming into the ground and all that, right, you know, with the high speeds. So I was afraid to go until I can lose a few pounds, so... They'd started skydiving, but I didn't go until end of July. And when I show up there, there's like so much tension from these people. I didn't know what's going on. Nobody's saying hi to me. Um, you know, one or two people said hi to me. Everybody's kind of just giving me this look, and I'm like, oh, okay, what's going on? Like, obviously. Well, now you're oh, famous, the right? They know who you are? Yeah. When the article came out, actually, somebody posted in the skydiving group, what the hell is this? the global hit piece on me and all these comments from people I thought that I knew where I was friendly with hating on me. And I was just like, whoa. So I put a link in for the full, my interview. And I think it was Brian Stavely's uh, commentary on it. So I put a link in for that. And I said, here's a full story. Well, the next day I go to uh, a couple hours later, I go to look at the comments. Now they deleted that post <laughs> fucking cowards. Right. They don't want to talk about the truth. They don't want to talk about the whole story. Let's just delete this. It's just like the media. It's just insidious, these fucking people. So I just showed up. The owner's talking to me, and he's a, the main owner is a cool guy, and he goes, you know, you're allowed to come here. You haven't hurt me. You haven't done anything to me. Just behave. A lot of people don't want you here. They wanted me to ban you, but I'm not going to do that. He goes, I believe in aliens and this. You want to believe in your flat earth and that? Go ahead. I don't, you know, just behave while you're on my property. You want to believe you know? in your flat earth. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> uh, he goes, my wife thinks I'm crazy. I believe in aliens. I go, okay, whatever. I'm okay, cool. That's all I want to do. And I, I told him, I go, all, I'm, I'm not going to mention names. All I, I said, listen, all I want to do is try to come and have some fun, like, you know, here and there, right? Um, this is what I do. I've invested money, time, training, equipment into this, and I want to do this a little bit. Um, so I show up the next week, and then um, I, so he has a talk to me. I show up the next Saturday. He has a talk to me again. I go, yeah, same talk. Behave. People don't want you here, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, what, where, where, do, where do I draw the line? If I don't let you come here, now somebody doesn't like someone because something happened. Like, I can't ban, you know, do that. Well, I came back the next day. So I, ha I, I did some jumps by myself because nobody wanted to jump with me, which kind of sucks. But I come back the next day. And this time he pulls me aside. He goes, yeah, you know, I think it's best you don't come here. 
um, until this whole COVID thing's over. I'm like, what? What did I do since yesterday? He goes, no, it's not you. You didn't do anything. But, you know, I just, I just think it's best you don't come here. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I go, okay, can I just do one jump? I drove an hour out here, burned all that gas. I came out here. Can I do one jump and I'll decide to leave so it doesn't look bad that you're trying to ban me or I got kicked off. Like, I show up and then I'm leaving. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So, like, the main owner, he was really cool about it. And he goes, yeah, yeah. But then he went to talk to whoever he had to talk to. And he came back and he said, no, it's not going to happen. You know, you got to go. And I, I found out later he was talking to the pilot. The pilot's flying an airplane for skydivers wearing gloves, masks, goggles, and a face shield. He's flying a fucking airplane wearing all of that, <laughs> um, which I saw the day before. It's just like, how is that even fucking safe? So the only person there that doesn't like you is the, is, is the, the guy at the wheel. Yeah. Well, he's the main guy. I know the guy that made the Facebook page. He's hated me since Flat Earth. Uh, there's a few people who think I'm kind of wacky and stop talking to me since Flat Earth, but most of them were okay. They got to know me and go, yeah, I'm okay, guy. Yeah, but whatever. Bro, you are wacky. That's like, who cares? Everybody's fucking wacky. Everybody's a bit wacky. Yeah, I mean, like, did I harm you? Like, what did I do wrong to you? A couple of times at the party, I got a little drunk and obnoxious. Whatever. Who doesn't? You know, I wasn't the only one that did that, you know? Um, I think one day I started putting, like, Flat Earth stickers all, all, uh, all up there, but, you know, I was out of my mind a little bit. Um, so I apologized for that and cleaned up and all of that. Anyway, so uh, now I'm just like so dejected. And but I'm a businessman, and I told him, "Hey, listen, I understand. You got to run a business. If you don't have a pilot, you can't run your business. I get it. I get it." And I go, you know, I'm thinking, I'm sympathizing with him. That was my initial reaction. I'm in shock, but I'm sympathizing with someone that had to ban me. So that's where my mindset is for anybody that thinks that you know, I'm a bad guy or anything. Well, I get into my car, 10 minutes later, the shock wears off and I'm just fucking livid. I'm fucking angry. I just cannot believe this has happened to me. Like everything's gone, my business, my hockey, everything that I enjoy now has pretty much been taken away from me. Um, so I, you know, I'm having to deal with that. And, and that's basically what happened is because the, they can't run their business. So I show up a week later trying to talk to the owner about, okay, listen, can I, what day is the pilot not working? Well, what if we, like, would, I, I assume that you got this sorted, but we're, we're, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this, of this, of this beast here. Like you, no, you on. then it never, it never, it, it never got sorted, but we'll move on. Yeah. Okay. So, so you go down and you go on vacation with Brian and you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's Brian Stavely. We've had him on the show a few times. Uh, Mandela. Effect. Yeah. We used to do streams together. Awesome, like awesome. Two years guy. ago, I think it was 2018, we did a lot of, or 2019, we were doing a lot of shows together. It was Brian that turned me on to you and to what you were up to. So, yeah, he's a, he's a friend of the show. So you went down into the States with all of this pending, yeah. with all this bullshit going on, and with, with every, you, took, you took a break from the hate, and you went, and, uh, and you went into, the, into America in the, middle of a, in the middle of a pandemic. You, you met up with a guy who has been publicly shaming COVID everywhere, every day, 24-7, blasting it all over Facebook. Um, and and so, so you have a couple, you have, a, you have a, a vacation. And the two of you, like-minded individuals, just enjoy life in the open yeah. without fear of anything. And so that's your trip. Exactly. And then you come back yeah. into Canada. Yep. And... 
hell, all hell breaks loose again. Yeah, so I'm finding out after that, you know, there are obviously trolls and haters and people that are monitoring my videos now. They, they're in the they're in the background. Oh, they're in mine too. Monitoring what? They're enjoying the crap yeah. out of this right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I I have no plans to quarantine. I go. I'm healthy. I'm perfectly healthy. I haven't been sick in fucking fifteen fucking years. And this is before you know the I mean? this is before the quarantine, the hotel quarantine. Yes, it was before. This is November. So no, this is a. Uh, End of October is when I got back. Yeah. Um, so I had no plans. I was just going to go through there, not fill out their stupid form, and just be like, well, no, I'm not going to quarantine. I'm just going to stand up for myself. I'm not going to quarantine because I don't need to. I'm not, I'm not your slave that you can decide what you're going to do to me. Eventually, like, you know, there's RCMP standing off to the side. I found out later that they knew I was coming in. They were expecting me. They were expecting problems. They knew I might be live streaming my landing which initially I was going to do, but um, in the end, I just uh, I just recorded, a voice recorded it, and I didn't actually live stream it. I was really tired. It was like 15 hours since I left uh, Karen's house or Brian's house, and then I had three flights going, you know, driving to Charlotte, which is an hour away, waiting there, flying to Chicago, waiting there, flying to San Francisco, waiting there, and then flying home, right? And it, All of I'm those flights like during, during a pandemic. What? <laughs> All during a pandemic, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, you know, it's twelve thirty for me now already. at Eastern time, so I'm landing at nine thirty, and then I just look around and I just got the lady to admit their health officer to it. Well, first I go through the um, customs and I give my passport. Do you have anything? You buy anything? Blah blah blah. No, no. Where are you coming from? Visiting friends. Okay, where's your uh, traveler form? And I go, it's right here. Have it big long yellow legal, uh, legal size yellow form and she goes oh you didn't fill it out I go yeah I don't need to fill it out she's like you're not going to fill it out I go no I'm not going to fill it out she goes okay go over there and see the public health officer so I thought I'd go over there and just tell them I'm not filling it out well they got these young kids working there and they go you have to fill this out I go no I don't I don't need to fill it out you can't make me fill it out <clears throat> because I know that if I fill it out I'm contracting and consenting to their stupid bullshit well I see there are, I see three RCMP officers standing about 30 feet away to the side. Um, so anyways, I, I said, well, if you admit I'm a man, then I'll sign it under duress. I'll fill it out. I just want to go home. And then she's like, well, you are a man. Well, first she wouldn't answer, like tell me what the definition of a traveler was, what the definition of a person was. And then I, I go, just admit that I'm a man. If I'm a man, I'll fill it out. You know, it doesn't apply to me. I don't care because you've already said I'm a man. Well, so I fill it out, I sign it all rights reserved, and thinking I'm okay. I knew I'm going to get flagged and they're going to check my bags, which they used to do all the time to me when I used to fly, but in the last uh, 15, whatever, last 15 years they haven't. But in my 20s, they would always check my bags. I don't know why. Um, I'd always get pulled into secondary. So I got pulled into secondary. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I don't have anything. I go, ah, if you find some pot in there, it's not mine. I don't smoke pot, but I'm staying with people that smoke a lot of pot so if it fell in there it's not mine and you know what i mean so i'm just letting you know and um <laughs> now they're looking and then he, and oh then he's like yeah it happens sometimes i go is that automatic like you're you gonna arrest me and charge me he goes no we can use our discretion it's not automatic that if we find a joint in there that we're gonna do this or that it's, especially now that it's legal in canada right um, so I was like happy about that, but then I started, he's asking me where I came back from and I'm like, oh, I was at Flatoberfest, blah, blah, blah. He started talking about Mark Sargent. He'd seen my hoodie. 
Um, he said he watched behind the curve. So I started flashbacking him. Well, that's a bit of a hit piece. Uh, you got to watch this. 200 proof. You don't live on a spinning, spinning ball. So I started talking to him. It was a really cool conversation. And then they, um, I gave him a card and that says Flat Earth 101 on it, Research Flat Earth. And then they went through my stuff, and I didn't care. And I walk out, and I go home. Well, you know, the next day I get a call. I went to visit my friend because I'm learning to, I mean, I was needed to file a lawsuit or a claim against Air Canada, which is another little thing where I tried to fly in August, uh, and then they banned me for life and wouldn't let me board the plane, even though I'd agreed to wear a mask because I wanted to get to Whitehorse. And because um, um, I was looking to move out of the city. I was looking for somewhere small town to move to, right, with everything going on. And I I'd kind of planned that trip like a year ago. I said I wanted to go up to Whitehorse. Anyways, they didn't let me on at the gate after dealing with the manager and going through security, all this stuff, which is a longer story I can tell another time. At the end, at the gate, there was another manager standing there, so they didn't let me fly on Air Canada. Then they, before I went down to Carolina to visit Brian, the night before, like less than, like 18 hours before I'm flying, I get an email from Air Canada saying, you're banned for life. Now, I've been sending them communications this whole time, trying to figure out what's going on and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. But they hadn't responded to me. So I was actually um, got that email, which kind of scared me from going down to Carolina. I thought, oh, my God, did I get put on a blacklist? What happened? So I didn't know what would happen when I showed up to fly down to go visit Brian and Karen and everybody. I thought, oh, my God, what if they don't even let me board the plane? Well, I'd gotten a doctor's note, and then I was, you know, they didn't let me board the plane without putting on a mask. So I had to wear a freaking muzzle on my face. Anyway, so I came back, and I was went to my friend's house the next day after I landed to start working on my uh, response to Air Canada's letter. Well, I get a call from my daughter who never calls me. She's independent. She's only 12 years old. She comes home from school, and she's good. She stays in our condo, and it's all good. And I'm like, oh, my God, is something wrong? Why is she calling me? So I answer the phone, and she's like, oh, the police are here. I'm like, what? And then the, she hands the phone to the police, and he's like, Mr. Parhar, why aren't you here? You're supposed to be quarantined. I go, no, I'm, I don't need to I put myself in jail at home. He goes, well, you're going to get a ticket. I go, what for? Blah, blah, blah. I had a little interaction with the guy. He goes, um, I go, I'll be home in a couple of hours. Come back. He goes, no, I'm not going to come back today. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like, he goes, I'll be back tomorrow. I go, okay, I'll be home all day tomorrow for you. He doesn't show up till 7.30 at night the next day, hands me a ticket and says, and it says, rip up the one from yesterday because I'm serving this to you now. I tried to have paperwork ready to hand him that a notice of liability and trespassing against me and to stop. He wouldn't take my paperwork. The two cops wouldn't take my paperwork. They don't identify themselves by their, you know, their proper, like, full name. So whatever. I took the ticket. I That's Thursday. I do my paperwork to send it back to them and say, uh, I'll conditionally accept this if you can prove blah, blah, blah. And if you can't prove it, then you owe me this much money, right? So the next day I go to the police station here. I ring the bell because it's locked because of COVID. The police station's locked. <laughs> and um, they told me an officer, I told them what I want to do. I said, I have some paperwork for you guys for the police department, and I need to give it to you. And they're like, oh, okay, well, for 10 minutes they were didn't understand what I wanted to do. And I'm like, no, I need to see an officer or supervisor come down here and get the paperwork. After 10 minutes, I was like, fuck this. My, I didn't put money into my meter. I don't want a parking ticket as well, and I got to deal with that. So I slid it through their glass door, uh, through their glass doors, and I left. 
Well, I live streamed that. So mm-hmm. now that's evidence, and the paperwork is there, and they have their cameras that I wasn't home on Friday. So Friday goes by. I'm out and about. I got stuff to do. I'm helping my mom out with some things. Friday, Saturday, you know, I'm not home all day. They're coming to check on me, and I'm not there. Um, Sunday, I go to the rally here. I give a short speech about my situation. I go, I got these tickets. They're bullshit. They're toilet paper. I'm not quarantining. So I publicly flouted that, which is in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> probably not. But I mean, you got your probably. message across and, and there, you know, hindsight only comes up to right now, right? I honestly think that, the, you know, coming into the future, there's going to be something big from this. And yeah, maybe you were arrogant and maybe you were a loud mouth and maybe you were pushing back, but that's only because you are a human being with rights. And it's yeah, not that I just want to be free. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And it's not, it's not that, you know, you're against anyone that doesn't, want this i mean you're up against the mob right you're up against and i can see how you would be toxic like toxic as in like people not wanting to you know run a show or do a thing like it's just it's it's a dangerous thing because it's got nothing to do with you it's got nothing to do with anyone that could be interviewing you and it's got everything to do with the media and the push mob this this evil essence this evil entity that runs behind him all of these people sitting at home doing nothing desperately needing this covid to be real and they can't see through the holes. They can't see through, like I, you know, like I started this interview, you know, my kid's peeing in the pool. Don't worry, he's wearing a bathing suit. It's the same fucking thing as the mask. There's no logic in any of this COVID stuff. And add to a point with regards to all of the stuff that you have been saying about the hospitals, obviously people that were checking into things, myself included, also found out that hospitals all across Eastern Ontario were empty, bone dry. And the people in the hospitals were saying, yeah, it's weird. You know, I don't work in this department. I don't work in that department. So they're all being, you know, uh, NASA infoed, just like, just like, like everybody else, you know, everybody gets a piece of the information inside. So nobody has the whole picture and everybody can throw their hands in the air and say, I don't have an answer for you. And that's what's happening with the news and with the media and with everything else that's going on. We're all getting a piece of something, but never the whole pie. And we all make these assumptions. And the funny thing is about the assumptions that people make is it's basically them speaking to their level of knowledge and to their level of comprehension. Now, you being aggressive in your moments and in your movements would probably have been, you know, the push, the trigger. But you can still get your message across, obviously, without being aggressive or arrogant because these people, but again, they they made you that way. With the hate that they spewed on you, they turned you into that. So, you know, and I'm not saying you're a victim. I'm not saying any of this. You know, I'm saying, yeah, you could have handled it maybe a little bit better, but... This is where you are well, right you know, now. It, it comes down to the basics. Like, who set these rules? Like, I, I want to live at the basic human level. Yeah. Okay, did I harm Did I do anything to you, Andy? Did I steal from you? Did I do any wrong? Did I do anything to you? If not, then, or did you do anything to me? If not, let's see if we could get along and be friends. And if we can't, if we have difference of opinion, let's go our separate ways. Simple. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have to have an interaction with you, let's be civilized and normal and just have that interaction and be on our way with our life. So none of this makes sense to me. Maybe I'm just too much of a simpleton. Like, ever, like I grew up with Indian parents, so I was pretty oppressed. Like, you know, you can imagine growing up in the 80s, there's not too many Indian people around me. I mean, now that Canada's full of Indian people, but that's another two-hour show. But uh, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I wore a turban, and I dealt with that, and, my, you know, there's a culture shock for my parents. But I had to fight for my freedoms, even in my own family life. 
like something simple, like going to the theater to watch a movie. I had to fight for that. Right? So you just so, fell into old roles right now. They came back at you again. The, the same thing. What you were used to as a kid is, has, has played its, played its hand again. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing too. You know, I, I, I preach that. I preach that. I talk about that a lot. I say, you know, there are so many people looking to point the fucking finger. There are so many people looking to point the finger. And the weirdest thing is nobody wants to ask what made the villain, the bad guy, you know, what yeah. made Jason Voorhees want to kill all those teenagers at camp. Like nobody wants to empathize or sympathize with this. Right. But every single person that ever committed an act of violence towards somebody else was at one point a victim of something atrocious themselves. And that's just the violent people. Right. So, we don't need to be pointing the fingers. We need to be calling. We need to be getting to the root of these things. And the weirdest thing in the world is who are these fucking people that are going to go out of their way to shit on you? Right? I am an accomplished individual myself. Accomplished to my standards. I'm happy. There in no way, shape, or form would I have any... I don't even have the desire to rip on the people that ripped on you. Right? I'm just like, who are you in life that you have to... Stop what you're doing to become the person that goes out of their way to attack other people trying to live their lives. Now, there's a difference. You could say, I was defending this, I was defending that. But you yourself were defending all of their freedoms. All these people shooting hate at you, you were actually fighting for because you could exactly. see the lie and they can't. And that, to me, I think is... You know, is is the one piece where if we do get your haters that trail over here, um, you know, again I say if you're going to soundbite this show, you soundbite all of it. You do not get to to pick and choose. You don't. So, you know, this it's ridiculous. So now, now you've got this whole thing going down. You've got this whole thing, and yeah, you know, and like you had said, you and I talked the other day. You're like, you know, in my defense, maybe I, I didn't need to be as aggressive. I get that. I don't know what's going on in the background, but it is really loud. Oh, it's my coffee. I'm making another cup of coffee. Sorry. <laughs> Super I'll, loud. I'll walk away. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, or just mute your microphone while, while I'm talking. It's all good. But these are the things. When we go live, these are the things. It's not live. I'm not I'm not talking live. This is obviously recorded. The people listening to it, uh, we did this a while ago. So for me, I mean, I just, I sit back and I see this stuff, right? And you could be a great guy. You could be a terrible guy. I don't know your backstory. I don't know. I don't know what you did two years ago. I don't know the worst thing you did. I don't know the best thing you did. I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about this situation. I'm talking about how society's coming on to you, coming down. And if the world does want to attack you, it's not the world. And this is something that, that, that we really need to look at. It is individuals. It is anyone that's easily influenced and it's individual choice. It's keyboard warriors and mob mentality. People that are face-to-face -face with you will back off. Hello? Did we get you back? Another drop. Yeah, you got me back. That was, I don't know, that was weird. Just dropped. Yeah, I didn't stop recording, so we just dropped you and we picked you right back up. Okay. I could edit that out, but uh, maybe we, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I don't know. I don't know how things go. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. You know. So, so what I'm saying is, you know, you're 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 in a spot and in a position right now where you're up against mob mentality once again, and you're a man, you're a human, and you're facing something that you don't even know about. And there's a saying that says, if you face enough spiritual, mental, physical atrocities, you snap, you break, and it. But that's a freedom that breaks you free. I personally 
have been put through emotional, mental, physical, consistent pain. I broke. I broke free from the matrix, for a lack of a better term. And I'm able to see things. I am not who I was three years ago. I am not who I was, you know, two, three years ago. I, I have been growing ever since exponentially, but there was a break. There was a, there was a, a good four-year run where everything was weird, crazy, and took me away from everything, but gave me the ability to speak openly and concisely and clearly. It gave me the ability to hopefully reach people that can create a happier version of themselves, to create something out of nothing. There are so many people out there right now running around not sure of an answer that they can give themselves. They're not sure of they're not sure of anything other than what's happening in their immediate spot. And I'll tell you, with all that hate that was coming at you and all those emails and with all that stuff, you reverted back to what you knew, which is where your aggression would have come from. And you know, there's 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 a, a, a small child in everyone that wants to seem right. And the funny thing is the irony of what happened to you, the irony of, of all of these people attacking you was they were living out the exact thing that you were living out. You were speaking out and doing what you had to do based on your history and your past. This is what you had to do at the time. And each of those individuals that sent you an email completely imitated you. They lashed out and sent hate your way because it's what they had to do. So they miss the irony and it's easier for them to point the finger at you than it is for them to look inside. Than it is for them to get their life together. Than it is for them to put in a little bit of effort. It's easier to rip somebody down than to build yourself up, which is why the world attacked you. You know, anyone can say anything. I can watch TV all over and see some people doing some crazy shit. I watched the government riots. Bro, that shit was staged. Come on. People breaking in in single file? Ridiculous. Did we lose you again? I have a feeling we might have lost you again. No, I'm here. I'm oh, on mute. Mute. Good. Yeah, there we go. So to me, it it's an interesting irony. And now, as we come to this moment in time, you've got your cup of coffee in hand. You're facing another court date because of some backed up, some fucked up shit some changes and you're facing jail. You're actually facing going in, which again, as per our conversation from before, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to give you house arrest and they're going to do this, that, and the other thing, blah, blah, blah. But to make a point of it, they might put you in for a sentence. You know, 30 days is nothing, but you're going to have one hell of a story to tell, to continue to tell and to preach on because this is this, that's basically false imprisonment. How does the world work that you can be a man having a business one day and, because the government, the people that we pay our taxes to, the people that take half of our money, they decide to change things up. So now all of a sudden, you're, you're violent. It makes you look back into the past and see how in every scenario, it was the government against somebody and that somebody was always the bad guy. Who decides, why is the government always the good guy? Why, why are we always the bad guy? Why is every single movie where the, where the people are against the government, why are they always the terrorists? I mean, you're classified. You're probably classified now as a domestic terrorist. Probably, yeah. And that's absurd. You're a domestic terrorist, bro, because you had a set of balls and you wanted to earn a dollar. 
That was it. You tried your best to keep a business afloat. They changed the rules on you and then they, they ostracized you. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, do you, when, when's your next, when's your next court date? Uh, it's three weeks tomorrow scheduled for March 8th to 9th. And now we're at the trial phase. I've had my arraignment hearings and my pre-trial conference and they're just uh, steaming uh, right through. They're just bulldozing me. Mm-hmm. They don't care about anything. They just need me to be guilty to scare the rest of the sheep. Yeah. And they don't care about anything, any justice, anything like that. None of that matters. It's just like this guy didn't follow the rules and we need to keep the people scared because we don't want people to be like him. Well, I, I don't think people will be like you. I think, I think if anything, you may have set a precedence where people will quietly just change, right? Because again, you know, that old saying, you know, if we all just stood up, they wouldn't have any more power. And since there isn't any real proof of enough anything to have killed business the way they did, you know, but there's a ton of proof of other stuff. <laughs> so, you know, it really all comes down to, I mean, I guess a continuation of the grand awakening. I mean, everybody is, is waking up. Everybody is seeing a little bit more than we saw last time. We're all seeing more. You're contributing to this and you're going to come out and you're going to tell a fucking story. You're going to tell a big story. If you come out, if you go in, right? Three weeks, you know, it'll be a different thing. I want to talk to you between now and then. I definitely want to stay in touch. Um, and I want to have you, I want to have you back on the show after everything's all said and done. Because I'm, I'm, you know, dollars to donuts, I'm saying that you, you get at best house arrest. And it's all foolish. It's a damn shame you couldn't live stream you in the courthouse. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'll try to live stream it, but we'll see. I don't think they want... I, I, I think that's what you're in trouble for, showing other people uneditable information that's coming out that they don't want, you know? Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's the fine line that I got to play around with and decide like how much do I want to fight for uh, my freedom and everybody else's freedom. Like you know, I'm, there's uh, my mom keeps trying to call me. Um, there's you know, it's it's a fine line. So I'm getting different messages on which path to take now. Do I try to keep this quiet and just you know take the punishment or whatever it is and or stop like harsher punishment coming at me or do I go down swinging and I always thought I was the type of guy that would go down swinging hard but there's a fine line between being a martyr and being stupid there is a fine line yeah you don't want to go down swinging like an idiot you know you want to you want to if if you look at it this way like this is just another round of fight you got you got decked right but now your comeback story is part of the same story so that's where you shine. But you can only shine. You can only shine from having gone through this shit. I mean, one of my favorite quotes in the entire world is the answer to the pain is in the pain. So this is this is your journey. This is your mantle. You've taken this up right now. And you're right in the middle of it. And the only way for you to understand how to get over this is to go through it. And then you help other people go through this scenario, this situation. You're not the only person that's been attacked for something. Like we're we're still in the throes of cancel culture. Like it's to the point where the cancel mob is predictable. All of these what appear to be individuals acting alone, they move in a conglomerate. So you can see the ball coming and you don't care. If every single person on the planet is getting canceled, who are these guys gonna cancel next? You know? 
Like you're, it's just, it's like a rite of passage. Cancel culture. You have to go through it. If you're pushing, if you're making waves, you have to go through it. I don't know. To me, I think, you know, nobody wants to be in anybody else's shoes because everybody could just say, you know, I'll take all my problems, throw them into a pile and we'll all switch problems. But everybody under the sun has problems. You're creating a legacy, you know, be it good or bad at the moment. Only time can tell at the end of it, right? And what it really boils down to is your ability to embrace the perceptions of others, then to understand that every single thing that you could think you're thinking about anything is, again, just you thinking, and we can get philosophical on that. But I think you should stick to your guns. I think you should be... The one thing I always say is be consistent and be like courteous you know if you want to tell somebody to go to hell absolutely do it but do it in a very nice way and again you know the consistently sticking to your guns and and being a part of uh, i guess your own story in this sense like if you're gonna run in there and like tear your shirt off and be an asshole and tell everyone to go fuck themselves then you're going to get in trouble. It's going to be dumb, right? But <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you're going to walk in there and be kind and knowledgeable and educated and state your case and, and say, this is what's happening. This is what I believe is happening. This is what I see, you know, that's, yeah, the- I mean, in the video, the recording or live stream part, it's just because, you know, be civilized, be professional and in- make an attempt at it. Yeah. yeah. Make an attempt at it. Say, hold on a second. This is my life here. And I want to document it. What, you know, and I'll call him on it and go, what are you trying to hide that you don't want me recording this? This doesn't seem very fair, right? I'd like to say that if I'm going to go down Mm -hmm. rather than going down meekly like, oh, you can't record it because I know it's criminal what's happening in there. It is unjust. So-called justice system is unjust. So I would like to speak up about that because if the system is going to be unjust, I'd like to take a swing at it while that while it's being unjust you know if it's gonna you know i'm not gonna stand there for mike tyson and say here go knock me out i'm gonna try to throw a punch at mike tyson before he hits me you know i don't know if that makes sense i uh yeah i'm i'm just gonna you know i i don't i don't know i'm not in your position and you're in a very public position so i mean i would do the same thing i think and in, in, from my standpoint i'd be like i want to record this this is my life this isn't your jurisdiction. This isn't your, I haven't entered into your lane. You guys came into mine and I want to be able to record my life and I don't want you guys to stop me from doing what I want to do. Right. And there's that, again, that, that, that old adage, you know, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, do what you want to do. And even if you are hurting somebody else, learn your goddamn lessons because every single person has something to learn. Every single person under the sun has something to learn from all the good that's ever happened to them, all the bad that's ever happened to them, all the good that they've ever done, and all the bad that they've ever done. Every single one of those things is a lesson. It's not a prison sentence. It's not a lockdown. It's not It's not life. It is a moment in time. So, again, as long as moving forward in life, we start operating with integrity, the, the biggest key word of all, then that's it. And every single person that shit on you not one of them operated with integrity. They all operated out of arrogance, ignorance, and stupidity. Every last one of them. So that's what we're up against. You're not up against real people. Real people are having a conversation right now. Real people are listening to this podcast right now. And your people are out there, and your people are looking for you. So don't worry about this shit. Don't worry about these people. Don't worry about this hate. 
right? There are people out there that you're being steered into. And those people are going to be cool because those are the people that are going to be a part of your next stages, your next steps, the next things that you're going to get done. This world has changed. Bottom line, this world has changed. We, there's nothing we can do about that, right? We just have to roll with these damn punches and, and come out on top. And I think that's the only way we can do it. There's no other, there's no other alternative. You either come out on top or you're not done. That's the way I look at it. hundred percent. Yeah. It's the rolling with the punches that we forget, like to be fluid, like, you know, and that, that again, that's like yoga as well. Or Bruce Lee said, be like water. You know, I get, they got caught up in a little bit, uh, the mindset of how I expected things to go or how I want things to go. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't always happen for us. So we have to adapt. And like you said, just roll with the punches and adapt and, and then um, come at it with a new strategy. And it would be bad of me to be stuck like a little kid going, I wanted it this way and didn't get it. This didn't happen and kind of be in that state of uh, paral- uh, paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's good. I think it's good. And I want to be updated. I definitely want to know what's going on a little bit later on. I want your image to be cleared up a little bit. If we, if we can do any of that, I want that, you know, I want that to happen. And I know that, you know, it's tight. Times are tight. Times are tough right now. If you're still, you're still doing stuff though, right? You're still um, talking and and sharing experiences. Like you, you have a Patreon or where are you sharing this information? Uh, It's on YouTube. On my channel, uh, I've, got, I've had to make a couple of backup channels. So it's uh, Flat Earth Fokker is my main channel, F-O-C-K-E-R, like the movie Meet the Fockers. And the link for the, the backup channel, the F-E, F-E Fokker Reloaded, that's, you know, what I, I use as a backup. And then just for my court stuff, I haven't done any actual videos or live streams on that channel. It's a small channel, but just my interviews with Christopher James who was helping me out or anything to do with the court any kind of update, I'm putting it on that channel there. Um, and I did, I have stopped speaking as much. I mean, I used to do video almost every day, mm-hmm. but I have had to sit back and not be so public, but there's only a guy like me that's been speaking out and had a channel for the last three and a half years. It's hard to stay quiet because that plays with my, uh, my mood or my emotions as well, where I just feel that I'm quiet and muzzled, right? And so I'm, I'm trying to balance that out. So I've definitely cut down the content a lot from to almost once a week or twice a week from almost daily. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where people can kind of find me. And I got to be careful what I do say online because I, do, you know, I had to not be 100% free speech, thinking what I'm what I'm saying or topics that I'm speaking about are gonna are gonna last. No, we we know that you know if the system doesn't want these topics uh, shared and publicized that it will stop me. So well, once you're on a, once you're behind a paywall, I believe that changes um, only fans, Patreon, that sort of thing. Yeah. I have to learn Patreon a little bit better about live streaming or putting content on, on uh, Patreon. It's something new. I just started an account last year because people, a couple of people asked for it. Um, you know, it hasn't really, um, uh, I only have, I think, seven seven donors, but or seven Patreons. Um, That's fine. I'm, I'm not very good. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, uh, I'm not really. I, it's it's hard. To, you know, I, I try. I, I've been built my life. Try to be a businessman and be successful and self-supporting and all of that. So it's tough to be almost fifty and then being like, uh, you know, can you guys support my work kind of thing, right? Well, so, it's, that's a mindset thing as well. And, you know, everybody listening here, they're going to go check out your YouTube and they're going to, you know, they're going to check out 
your patron. If they want to, you know, if they want to support, they're going to support. If you've got good content, they'll pay for it. Bro, we pay, we pay 10 bucks a month for Netflix or whatever people pay for that. You know, I'm sure they can pay for a content. I pay for a ton of people that I like. If you're putting out good content, I'm going to support your efforts because it takes time, right? That's the mentality of the world today. So I strongly suggest you start activating, you know, your Patreon because that's, I mean, even a $5 paywall, who cares, right? A $5 paywall, what that says is, is you're able to speak behind it and people can get their daily dose of you and you're able to be as free as you want because if people want to shit on you on Patreon, they got to fucking pay for the opportunity to do it. And, and that to me is great. If you want to pay me to run your mouth, by all means, bring it on. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to, I'm going to put those links in the, in the, I'm going to put those links in the, in the, in the, in the liner notes, but I, I want you, I definitely want you to, to, to not necessarily keep fighting a good fight, but find your center in all of this. Find your, like obviously talking to a you know, yogi, you know, find your center in this shit. Like that's the one thing that's missing with you right now is you've gone way off center because you can run this. This can be your life mission. You can do this. No problem. But once you, once you're centered, you're going to be, you're going to have so much more power behind your step. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to tell you other than, you know, you're on the right path. You're doing, you're doing good work because this is stuff that people will look back on and say, well, what about this guy? What about that guy? And a bunch of you guys are going to come together. A bunch of you guys, people are going to start saying the same thing over and over again in, in different areas. And, and that giant, that general energy is going to creep in. Is going to be something good. Something good is coming from this period. Yeah, I got to stay focused on that. Uh, so, you know, when this is over, like anything that's tough or hardship we've had in life, we come out better on the other side. Yeah. Better, bigger, stronger, wiser. And if anybody wants proof of that, you're sitting here right now listening. You have every single person that's listening to this podcast and on this planet right now has overcome everything. And they're currently in the middle of their next, but they've overcome everything. So... I guess on so that can I note, just finish the, yeah. the sharing the arrest part and spending a little bit of time in jail. You think that's relevant or? Well, I mean, it is and it isn't. I mean, we got, we, we sort of got the point out, you know, I don't want to, you know, the, everybody's prison stories, you know, are different and we're not going to run through them here. I mean, I know your story, you got you, four days, right? And then they, they did the brain, yeah. the brain screw on you. Well, I mean, just the gist of it is, um, you know, after the rally the next day, they were waited for me outside my house and uh, they, and they'll, people will know what the charges are here. Um, they waited for me, nabbed me in my underground uh, at 11 o'clock at night. Nobody knew where I was. Went to the police jail. Um, uh, nobody knew where I was. Had a bail hearing that I'm being held on an assurity. Nobody knew where I was. I got transferred to a pretrial, uh, bigger jail. Uh, they wouldn't let me use the phone. Um, wouldn't let me shower. I was in mental turmoil uh, for all of this. Um, so basically, I got two tickets for $1,150 for the Wednesday and Friday not being home. They escalated the Saturday, Sunday, Monday for not being home to counts of violating the Quarantine Act. And then finally, I was able to get out. I was pretty much under so much duress to do a COVID test, which I never heard back from. So I'm assuming it's uh, negative because I was I was managed to get out before getting the results in, in there. They told me if I was positive, I'm sure they would have called me. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm facing right now. Um, and then, the, you know, the different story. So I do agree with you. Once that hit the media that I was arrested and jailed and this, I'm the same guy from March with the yoga studio, that 20 to 1, the positive messages started coming in. The hate messages 
were like few and far between. Everybody was just from across Canada or the world or the U.S. were like, kudos to you, great job for standing up. And, you know, so the support, it just changed in like whatever, seven months in terms of being in the media and vilified and shown to be some kind of a bad guy. So, you know, there is some validity to the fact that people are waking up and seeing that, you know, this is a bunch of BS. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. That's that's a huge takeaway. That is literally that is that that's the that's the, the you know the, the the climax of the show for sure. You know all of these people, you know you're seeing it. You're specifically seeing the fact that the only thing that's changed is the information and time. And and it's probably the same Karens that are yelling at you have moved on to somebody else. They're they're probably oh I know what they're doing. They're chirping David Letterman right now for an interview we did seven years ago. Like, <laughs> and so now. This is, you know, the people that are now sending you the messages are the people that probably wouldn't have sent messages before that are like, thank you, you you stood up and we couldn't, right? So there's a different group of people. There's a different energy, a different ball of energy. All of these people that sent you emails before, they weren't all sitting in the same room. That was the negative energy that was surrounding it. The positive energy, these people aren't sitting in the same room either, but they're all sending you the same message. That's the positive energy. That's the positive ball that, that, that you're moving into. So you're in the middle of an experience, 100%, and you're going to come out on top. And it, it's going to be every single day that we wake up, it's a different world. We don't know. We don't know what they're going to do. So it's, it's, it, to me, it's fascinating. It's just it's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, and it was great talking to you the, the other day and even here because, you know, I did get a little bit bogged down, like you said, off-center where I was focusing on the neg- negative aspects of, you know, what could happen, like the worst possible situation. And I did let the fear kind of uh, rule me more than I should have. And, you know, you put it into perspective. It's just an experience. You know, if I do wind up going, it's, it's just that I never expected. Like, you know, my life is different. I'm a family man. I got a wife. I got a young daughter. I ran a business making people healthy. To be now in a situation, sure, in my youth, you know, we had some indiscretions in my early 20s, et cetera. But now it's just, it, it, it was just, kind of a hard pill to swallow that at almost 50 this is what I'm facing but you know you're right it, it is just an experience that um, I'm living out here and it's not going to kill me I don't think and even if it does what does that matter <laughs> well yeah what's next you get to find out what's next and uh, you know and that's that is that is it 100% it is the experience right the pain comes from not wanting the experience not the experience itself being like I didn't want this that's where the pain comes from but sitting back and going like this is, yeah. this is weird man here we are, but this is what this is, this is where we are. I accept that this is where we are, even though it's not what I want. Let's see what happens. And then you get to see all these people pointing the finger and, and and trying to be something. Every single one of these people that's coming at you is just you're just another number. Nobody knows you. You're just a guy that got passed a file that's on this, a thing that gets checked. The guy goes home. You know, the guy that the guy that fucking puts you in jail goes home, right? Sits down, eats his TV dinner, jacks off, and doesn't care. Because he's never had to put a damn effort, a damn ounce of effort in. Now people will say, maybe that's you, maybe that's you being being judgmental. But at the end of the day, there are certain people that do certain jobs because of where they find themselves mentally, physically, and that sort of thing. It takes a type of person to do a certain thing. I'm not going to point any fingers because I don't I don't see things that way. If I were to if I were to actually lay out how I see it, every single person, this is exactly what I see. Every single person is on this planet either 
as one entity and completely connected to everything else. Therefore, everything that goes down has to go down exactly as it goes down for every last one of us to learn our lessons. Those people that shit on you in the beginning of the process might be like, wow, I was really harsh. I should not do that. And then they change and they stop being harsh and they change their spots. We're also told from very young that a leper doesn't change his spots. The only reason we exist on this planet is to change our spots, right? So all of the things that we do create all of the people that we want to become. And whenever you and I come across somebody or whenever anybody meets anybody, it's a split second where I will see you with my mentality of, of where I am at that moment in my life. That person that I'm seeing is, is a fleeting moment person that will never be in my line of sight again. Yet I have to hold on to these experiences. So every single thing that we do, do eventually is all done for us. And people, people don't want to have that conversation yet. People aren't ready for that one yet. And on that note, Mac, is there anything else that you wanted to go into? Uh, not really, except the fact that I heard you say planet three times in the last five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's stepping back, right? That's stepping back into, you know, what am I going to say? Flat? Also, by the way, I'm not a flat earther anymore. So oh, you're not? Oh, no, 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 no. What happened was the flat earth woke me up to the fact that we don't live on a, 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 a spinning uh, space ball. Um, and there, but to me, there were holes in the flat earth story and there were too many holes in the flat earth story. Um, and then there were all the, there were other stories, which were, uh, hollow earth, which was blew me away at first, but then started making sense. So like we're on the inside of the ball. I get that. Then there was hollow earth as in there are earths beneath, beneath us, beneath the flat earth, which was validated by operation high jump. Why would they call it high jump? If it wasn't jumping down to another realm. There's so much noise in the background. I don't even know what's going on over there. Um, so the, and then there was, and then there was simulation, which is where I landed simulation. I mean, when you look at the, when you look at an atom uh, inside an atom, uh, there's quirks, quirks and quasons. So the literal physical building blocks of society are made up of energy. So the likelihood that we're living in a simulation is more than anything else. But what I take from all of it is the question. I don't need the answer. I don't need it to be a flat earth. I don't need it to be a hollow earth. I don't need it to be a simulation. I also don't need it to be a space ball. Right, So I know, logically, we do not live on a ball floating in space, which brings us to where do we live. And the ability to have the excitement for the question and for the mystery really brings to me an importance in life. I really love that that's the way it is because when I was younger, I knew everything. Money was easy to make. I was a majorly, majorly good sales coach. I could sell anything. I had people figured out. I had all the answers and I had no more surprises. And I was bored, depressed, filled with anxiety, and had a coke habit. Right? So, and that's not something I shy away from. Ladies and gentlemen, if that's the first time you're hearing it, sorry you heard it that way. But that was <laughs> where I came from. That was how it all happened. And I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I had a fucking dark past. But I needed to, to get me into the light. I needed to fight darkness of the soul. I needed to do battle with myself. So I'm not locked into any one answer. I'm not locked into believing any one thing about anybody. I'm not locked into anyone's hate. I don't absorb it anymore. I don't feel it. Hate, love, it's all, it's all something that has to do with something, but it's not directly what the thing is that we perceive it to be. So I don't get up in arms. I don't have arguments. You know, I don't have arguments over religion, politics. I point things out. My job in life is to point things out 
and to help the lions wake up. Not even the sheep, the lions. Help the people that are supposed to be speaking, help them get to the point where they're speaking. That's my position in life, and I quite like it right now. Well, you do it very well. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's just obviously it's not a spinning space, whatever, ball flying through space, and definitely a lot of, uh, as we research some more, the whole thing about, you know, it being a realm definitely um, is some of us can see that as being true, especially if we're Mendel affected and, you know, the reality is shifty. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, our physical ex physical existence is is level and, you know, where we are hollowed somewhere down underneath or whatever, wherever we are, we don't really know. That's right. And that's amazing. That's amazing to know that your entire life you've been lied to, you know, but it's not the first time. Up until about six, your entire life, you thought there was a man that dropped presents down every chimney in the, in the, in the world, right? We, we believe this, but we also understand that your reality is one thing. Like maybe you didn't grow up with the story of Santa Claus because of your heritage, right? But there are a, yeah. ton, of, a ton of people who did. And to them, that was their reality. That's how every single person can live on this planet, yet live in their own entire reality. It's absolutely magical. It's majestic. How human beings work and how we interact and how every single thing interacts with something else. People don't believe in manifestation. This blows my goddamn mind. Every single thing that we have right now, we manifested. And every single thing that we manifested was because we thought we wanted it. Because we had an experience somewhere where this thing was or wasn't. I, you know, I gave my kids all of this stuff because I didn't have it. Whatever it is, every single thing that has ever existed is a result of manifestation. And people still don't believe in manifestation. Some people will say things like, oh, I worked 50 hours a week uh, to buy that thing. Well, here's the deal. You said to yourself, I want it. You put in the effort. You went and acquired it. Whatever that effort was, you went from it was inside your head as a thought, I want that t-shirt, to it's in your hand, a manifestation. And people flat out don't believe in manifestation. You manifested the job. You manifested the paycheck. You manifested the desire for the shirt. Then you manifested the shirt. Now the shirt's on your back. And you're going to tell me manifestation isn't real? So do we live on a flat earth? To me, it makes sense that it's flat. Water doesn't bend. Can't get over that. Can't get over that. Now, aside from that, wherever we are is where we are. And if you want to accept that, great. If you don't want to accept that, fucking great. I mean, my listeners are open-minded. I don't... I'm not, I'm not demanding they believe anything. I'm saying question everything. Find what works for you and then question that too. So, I don't know, man. Just have fun. Have fun with life. That's every single thing is just a thing to have fun with, however you want to look at it, you know? Yeah, I mean, life is supposed to be fun. What have you, um, what's your thoughts, like our purpose other than the experience? Like, uh, have you explored on a spiritual level what we're supposed to do while we're in this physical meat suit, I is think, there a purpose or no other than having fun and enjoying the ride? I don't have a definitive answer on that. I mean, everyone wants to know what the purpose of life is, and my answer is always seven because that's the, the one that makes the most sense. Um, wh what I mean by that is, like, I could I could get existential with all of it, but at the end of the day, if you really break down, quote-unquote, all of it, the one thing that I can assure you of is that I exist. 
Everything other than that is a result of my existence, my consciousness. So is the meaning of life to find your consciousness? Is it to find the fact that you're literally all of this? Are you allowed to leave once you realize that you're everything? Or is there anywhere to go because you are already everything? The meaning of life could be to get back to the knowledge. Could be to get back to the repeat. The meaning of life is legitimately anything you want it to be. Because somewhere some at some place you you plugged in. You you plugged into the game. You made the decision to learn the lessons that you're learning and now you're playing it out. Right? Just like in Mario, right? Talk about Mario Nintendo, you talk about growing up in the 80s. Nobody ever wanted to die in Mario, especially if you're playing two player, you had to give up your turn. <laughs> Right, So nobody ever wanted to die. But if they did die, after they died, they came back. But they only knew they were coming back after they died. So maybe we're going through this game until we win. And every time we die, we learn something new. We learn something better. Now, I'm a huge fan of the Akashic Records. I've dabbled with a lot of that. And my records have been read to me. I'm apparently uh, on my ninth go-round, on my final go-round of whatever the Akashic record story is. But now that knowledge and information is inside my head for me to apply to all my other knowledge and information. I'm only 40 years old over the next 40 years. I'm going to expand my comprehension of what we are, where we are and how we are. And from there, I'm going to find out what's next. But there, the simple fact that we have been lied to about absolutely everything dictates that the only reason we woke up was because we had to because those lies had to exist those lies had to exist and this world had to be as fucked up as it was for us to wake up you're familiar with the celebrities eating babies i'm sure so so imagine that the worst thing that the celebrities did was only eat green jelly beans that was the worst thing that they ever did and that was the only thing that they could prove all these terrible celebrities ate green jelly beans. We wouldn't care. We wouldn't wake up to that. So without the evil contrast of Hillary Clinton eating babies, and again, Hillary Clinton murders people, so um, please don't kill me, Hillary. I've said that a few times in this episode. Uh, I will reiterate (laughs) that every single thing that I'm saying here needs to be taken as a whole. So... Without that being the way, you know, the good versus evil, the covenant, you can't have good and not evil. I'm really torn on what good versus evil is on what good is because so much evil has woken so many people up, but evil is by definition of what they told us evil was. And of course the inherent notion of not to murder, right? But if we're not supposed to murder, the government flat out says you go to jail. If you murder somebody, unless we ask you to go to jail or unless we ask you to go and kill the Nazis, If we've asked you to murder human beings, that's okay. But if you do it on your own volition, that's murder. You're going to jail. Uh, Also, if you accidentally create life, yeah, feel free to murder that too. Uh, Because we have rules and regulations that it's not real until it's outside of your body. And in New York, you can have an abortion, and they applauded this, right up until half an hour before you're, you're due to give birth. So... We don't live in a good world. We live in a world designed to wake people up. And people can, by all means, stay asleep. You're more than welcome 
to stay completely asleep, but you're not allowed to get in my way. And that's simple because that also becomes my road. If you stand on my road, my asphalt, the road that I am 100% responsible for, and you're going to try to slow me down, it's my job to move you out of the way with as little conviction as possible. I don't need to put up with what you're doing. I don't need to listen to your negative. I don't need to listen to you tell me why I can't do it. I need you to get out of the way so I can do it. And that's, that's the world. That's the reality. And it's not just do it like build a house or get a job. It's like live my life. You know, when we were kids, we were just looking at our parents and we thought that they were like the BL end all, but they were just kids themselves trying to figure shit out. Yet we took their broken knowledge and made it our own. We didn't ask questions. And that got handed down, handed down, handed down. Or it all started with us and it all ends with us. Interesting. Lots. I could go on for hours and hours and hours on that. <laughs> but that's, you know, that there's so much, there's so much philosophy that's wrapped up in that. And people that want to dismiss philosophy aren't my people. I'm not interested in talking to you. I don't care. You know, I'm not interested in people that don't want to expand their brain. I'm not interested in that. That's not my journey. I'm not here to force you into my journey. I'm here to welcome you or wave at you as we go by each other. And that's how she goes. I'm not worried about anything. Every single thing is exactly as it's supposed to be in every aspect of everything. And that's comforting. And that's not something I could have ever said before because I could never have seen that. But what brought me there was extreme physical, mental pain, extreme, consistent pain, something I would never wish upon my worst enemy, but it woke me up. So here I am today on the other side of that pain. And that's where we are. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> Trying to figure out. <clears throat> I get, so I'm just trying to wrap my head around like your philosophy. Yeah. I, I, I need to digest that a little bit more. Absolutely. You'll probably enjoy listening to this episode as well. Yeah. But this might go up on your channel too, so that'll be fun. But yeah. I... I think at a minute or an hour and 40, 45 minutes here, I think, uh, I think we've done good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Perfect. Um, I definitely want you back on the show. I want to, I, I'm going to stay in touch with you. I want to know sort of what's going on. I'm very curious because you are, you are standing up for a lot of people that, that, you know, don't, they don't, they don't know. So, um, so we're going to, we're definitely going to have you back on the show as well, but I, I'm going to stay in touch for sure. And, uh, and hopefully everything goes exactly as it's supposed to go because, I think that's the only option, really. Whatever that is. We're in the middle of it. We're going to find out. We're going to find out, yeah. yeah. That's it. i got some work to do still, so, yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, then. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have all the links to uh, to Mac's stuff. It's going to be all in the, uh, the the footnotes, the liner notes, and everything like that. You're going to be able to find them when you want to. Uh, and then on in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.